a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Dog Boysen. Yeah, real, uh, real interesting guy. Real cool, iconic company, and uh, I'm pumped to do this, man. His dad, Ivan, just a, a brilliant genius for sure, uh, who's affected all of us who's ridden motorcycles over the last 30 years, so or 40 years, actually. So thanks. I appreciate you guys listening. Flyracing.com, from the FR5 boot to the Evo gear to the Formula helmet. Fly Racing's got you covered head to toe. Really appreciate those guys for coming on board. Flyracing.com, please check them out. The Monster Energy Cup limited edition coral gear. It's probably still available. So thanks, Fly Racing. And also thanks, Alpine Stars, the Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. The A4 chest protector, the A1 chest protector fits under a jersey, and it gives you a little bit of extra protection. Thank you for their bionic neck support system as well. Uh, Alpine Stars, you know the name, you know the quality and everything else. Thank you, Maxis Tires. Proud sponsors of Alex Ray and AJ Cantanzaro for 2020 Supercross. Uh, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, the MXST tires are out uh, and available now. Thanks for those guys. And uh, mountain bike tires are phenomenal. So thanks, Maxis. Thanks, Alpine Stars. Thanks, Fly. Thank you, people, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, here's a conversation with uh, Dog Boysen, who, uh, besides being a very, very good pro, uh, was had a firsthand seat to his dad over the years, uh, reinventing the way we all ride and enjoy motorcycles. So uh, here we go. Here's Dog Boysen on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Alpine Stars and Maxis, uh, a guy I don't know uh, in the industry, but uh, I'm surprised that I've never met him, but I'm very interested to uh, get him to tell the story of the iconic uh, Boysen uh, Racing Company and his own racing career and his father and much more. It's Dog Boysen. What's up, Dog? How are you, man? Hey, Steve. I'm well. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Chris Kiefer, by the way, for setting this up. He saw you at the... Uh, sort of a, an industry trade show thing and uh yeah and said you'd be a great guest yeah yeah i did ran, ran into keith Kiefer there that was a lot of fun we swapped some stories and mm-hmm. yeah it was he mentioned he mentioned about getting on the show so yeah no, people love it some of my favorite ones of these are uh our industry people and, and, and companies that were you know built from from nothing into into uh i mean iconic companies i mean boys and reeds yep. i mean good god dog like sure, boys and sure. reeds <laughs> sure, um, sure. Yep. Uh, how is business how's things going um things are going rather well rather well I, yeah. I can say that the you know the industry for us is still very very uh vibrant and mm-hmm. and uh full of life so you know we're we're happy to be part of it still and 
you know, plugging away. Yeah, uh, obviously you're known for your reads, but the water pump covers the uh, are, are seemingly on tons of bikes in the pits still, four strokes, right? You guys uh, do a lot of stuff with four strokes, carburetor mods yep. for the older bikes and everything. So the four-stroke sure. transition hasn't really hurt Boysen. No, no. I mean, I, th- I think there was some years there where we were uh, scratching our chin and not sure which way things were going to go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, we... we we you know, absolutely had to, I'll say, diversify to mm-hmm. some degree um, and get into some new product if we wanted to stay relevant in the off-road motocross world. And and um, yeah, and then a lot of new new ideas and new products came from yeah. those years. Yes. Well, you must have sold eight million. Remember those RMZ two uh, KX two fifty Fs that overheated at the. Yes, you must have sold eight million boys in water pump I, covers I, and uh, impellers. <laughs> I don't think we, we. Yeah, there was a period where we couldn't make them fast enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. No. And uh, I used them on. Uh, I was a mechanic for many years. Used them on a lot of privateer bikes. They really work yep. well. So, kudos to yourself and your company for stepping up and providing an, another need that that many bikes yeah. need. You know. So. Sure. Thank. Thank you. Um, I was talking to Mitch Payton last week and like, you know, his two stroke pipe sales have definitely last eh, four or five years, you know, he's been making like mid eighties pipes now, like, uh, uh, and obviously the YZ two fifties are are out there. KTMs, of course. Do you find a resurgent of reed sales? Do you find that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So same thing, right? For sure. Probably the last five years has been a steady, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not, not talking huge growth numbers but a steady tick up yep. um lots of old stuff like you were saying it's you know whether that's that classic craigslist find or, mm-hmm. or somebody yep. you know some some boomer guy who's looking for that <laughs> old bike he grew up yeah. on wanting to restore it and keep it in his garage which i can attest i have a few of those uh yeah so, yep. uh, yeah uh uh, and the rad valve, of course, uh, along with the reeds, the rad valve came out, uh, I don't know, uh, early 90s? Yeah, late 80s. Late 80s, okay, yeah, late and uh, really works well, so that thing, that yep. system's probably selling. It's absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, funny, so do you think it's, do you think it's people, uh, is it people blowing up their four strokes and getting pissed off? Is it is it older <laughs> people, is it vintage racing? What do you hear? I almost all of the above right okay. there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I clearly think it's it's a vintage between you know the vet the you know vet classes being being large you know guys like myself probably much like yourself myself mm-hmm. in that you know whatever whatever vet to masters type of class you know we mm-hmm. we still I mean I like to think we can still get out on the track and ride and yep. drag our kids along and. You know, yeah, there's uh that's for sure. And I guess the vintage stuff, you know, anymore it's it's funny to think that a vintage bike really is <laughs> you know yeah. classes where I can I can pull out a, a probably a late nineteen what, eighties and early nineties bike and it'd be pretty a pretty good vintage bike. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um sure. and a good thing for you guys is you know, a YZ two fifty hasn't changed a read forever so yeah you're just like yep fire those things back up right that's for sure i think yeah like 2002 or something yeah something like that current Uh, yeah so boysen's out in pa right you're in in pa yeah we are south southeast pa so allentown lehigh valley area and is that where 
your dad moved to at start of the yeah. company at some point? You've yeah, never, yeah. never, never it's, left. Yep. Absolutely. It's an interesting little story. Um, let's see. My father, he was born and raised in Norway mm-hmm. and, um, his, his parents didn't emigrate to this country, but he and his, his, some of his brothers and his sister all were all got, um, it's like scholarship opportunities to come for school. Mm-hmm. And that was in a small area just outside of Philadelphia. And so they came over here to, to go to high school. Um, and I'm sure like, like many stories and situations like that, you know, my father met my mother here. Mm-hmm. So after his education was done, they, they, they got married. They moved back to Norway for, a, I think about a year. Oh, okay. Until, they yeah, did until he could get papers okay. and stuff Yep. So in order, um, and then moved back here. And, um, so he worked, you know, in and out of different engineering jobs because that was his background and around the Philly area and and during that time and this would have been the 60s uh-huh. you know scram scrambles was real big sure. motocross hadn't really taken off yet and him and his buddies were were into that mm-hmm. and they lo- liked to tinker on their bikes of course and you know him the nature of just being a tinker and a yeah. thinker you know started started modifying and doing things, you know, a little, you know, out of his garage type of type yeah. of deal. And, and, uh, one thing led to another and <clears throat> ideas turned into actual products and he was, he was doing some, you know, service and, you know, mod shop yep, for yep. his buddies and, and people like that. And then the area where he, where they lived was not, not the best for, for riding. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much around. Yeah, yeah. And there was this, this place up just literally just down the road from where our facility is now back in the seventies called Moto Mecca. Okay. And anybody from this area, probably, you know, the tri-state Jersey PA, New York even would, would, if they grew up in the seventies, they've okay. heard, they've heard of it. Moto Mecca. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was really, it was a, it was a kind of Indian Dunes saddleback esque mm-hmm. type of motocross park here in PA. Mm-hmm. So it was a facility that was just you know open every day. You could go down and ride. They had races on the weekends. They had a like a barn where that you could they sold parts and accessories, and you could work on your bike. I think there was even some years where they rented little uh, like G- Yamaha GT eighties or something. Mm-hmm. You could. You know, a kid, family would drop his their kids off yeah, at the yeah. place, and he'd rent a bike and ride around on the trails for the day. And so that that um, ability to ride and do testing and such is what brought them up to the area we're in now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it was out that way. So yep. there's a there's an iconic boys in catalog from when you were racing, and it looked like there was a track in the backyard of the place. That was a farm okay. that was, yeah, that was a, a good friend of my fa- of my parents. Okay. Their, their, they had a farm and their kids had some bikes and they let us build a track, mm-hmm. um, you know, back in some, yeah. in the valley of one of their, of one of their f- fields and such. And it was, yeah, it was awesome. That was a great, great memories there. When did Ivan, your dad, uh, he passed yeah. away 2010? 2010. 2010. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. old was he? He was 68. Oh, pretty young. Yeah, yeah. T- for sure. Too young. And yeah. Kind of a 
again, a, you know, a, a interesting, maybe tough story. He had just been awarded uh, the AMA Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and the family and extended family and everybody was you know, getting ready to travel out to Vegas where it was was out there for the induction ceremony. And, and it was, you know, he was ill and it was sort of some question of whether he was going to be able to actually make it out there Mm -hmm. for it. And then he did end up passing the day before. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was was definitely bittersweet, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I don't know how old you are. I think we're around the same age. Uh, uh, I'm 45. So I'll just tell you this. I was born in the sixties. So okay. All right. So yeah. Give it uh, <laughs> so growing up though. So Ivan, your dad, like you said, tinkerer, yep. smart guy. We're going to get into some of the stuff that he, that he's done. Were, were you his, were you his test dummy at some point growing <laughs> up for everything? Like, was he like, Hey, put the, I'm going to weld this to the, to the bottom of your frame. You know, I'm going to try this link out. I'm going to try these reads out. Do you remember doing a lot of that? Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, when it, it got to the point where I, I was maybe fast enough or good enough to actually, you know, t- twist the throttle yep. and, and turn yep. some good laps, some consistent stuff like that. Yeah. I certainly did a lot of that. Which wasn't always that fun because uh, sometimes things didn't work. And, you know, and, <laughs> He's like, "Oh, sorry, dog." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> when did he? When did he invent the two-stage read? Like, when did that happen? Well, back okay. Then, see, going back into the '60s, he he was playing around with at that point Mako Husky, mm-hmm. basically. The, all the all the bikes were piston port. Mm-hmm. I think, if I remember correctly, Yamaha was the first manufacturer to put reed valves on their on their bikes. Okay, that, you know that would have been. I'm not sure of the year, but definitely yeah. early 70s. Yeah. And so he he at that point was, you know, reed valves were were around, and and he was had been working on a almost like an aftermarket kit to, okay. to convert a piston port cylinder motor into a reed valve one. And in doing so, it did, it did require a lot of custom work where he had to actually machine off the front of the cylinder oh, and wow. okay. do a little, maybe some yep. welding and grinding to get things to, to, to match up. Right. And in, and in working with that process, um, is where the idea for the, the dual stage read came from. Crazy that, yes. yeah, like him. Sixties, yeah, late sixties was was the time frame when it was being worked on. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think the patent was issued in nineteen seventy two. Oh, way earlier than I thought, dog. I, I was thinking yeah. late seventies is what I remember. Yeah. But I mean, I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm younger, but so okay, so the dual yeah, stage boys and valve was around mid seventies yep. all day long. Yep. Oh, yep. okay. And then I think the probably the you know the consumer. You know, recognition and mm-hmm. getting actual distribution and getting the product in the hands of yep. of people was probably more in that like late seventies, early eighties. Would you have any idea how many you've sold? No, no. <laughs> I mean, good God, right? <laughs> I, I, I think I remember one time we we ran a. This would have been going back into the. This was probably t- fifteen twenty years ago. Even. Okay, we ran an ad 
where we did some rough calculations mm-hmm. and and tried to put a number, you know, yep. kind of like one of those McDonald's ads, yeah, where, yeah. <laughs> you know, billions and billions of <laughs> burgers sold, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, dude, it's insane because, I mean, you yeah, go, yeah. growing up, you go to the dealer, there's uh, there's 40 of them on the wall, you know, yep. or whatever, every model, every make. Um, right. So you said a patent was issued, so the story I heard or I got was that literally every OEM – for every motorcycle, had to pay Ivan Boysen a little bit of money for using his design. Okay, yes, that's that's true. Partially true. Okay, partially true. All right. Yeah. What what ended up happening there was after the reed the reed valve thing, um, that patent was issued. Some other ideas that he had come up with for various porting designs. Okay. To to really to take advantage of what a reed valve can do for mm-hmm. a for a two stroke engine in the performance <clears throat> world, so he got some some tr- boost ports and a bunch of different things done, and it was primarily the boost port thing. Oh, so like those little ports that, on the side of a cylinder, yeah, the little little yeah. transfer. So if, yeah, if you were looking, right? transfer if ports? you were looking down, yeah. if you look down into the reed area, there were generally two holes one on each side that that fed the transfer ports oh okay yeah and essentially they you know they used i think terminology was boost ports or okay you know and and those were the ones that he also had patented and that was most of the manufacturers either licensed yeah licensed to use them so there was some sort of maybe royalty or some sort of agreement was put together oh okay that's crazy wow what a what a what a legacy, huh? Like that's pretty cool. I mean, all yeah. of us are into moto. We love it. And there's and there's your dad inventing yeah. a couple things that just everybody used, and they were they helped bikes work so much better. I mean, two stage reed valve. It, you know, the the genius of it. And correct me if I'm wrong, dog, at any point. But the genius of it is it works in low end conditions and high end uh, throttle sure. conditions, right? I mean, that was that's, the genius of it. Yep, yep. Um, the ability for different, you know, a reed valve works at a, works at frequency. And yeah. the ability for the two different types of material thicknesses, you could basically extend the, the working frequency of the reed. Yeah. So every OEM just writing a check to Ivan yeah, Boysen. True. <laughs> true. True. At the time, yeah. at the time, I mean, I've gone through stuff in his office and found letters from all all the guys. I mean, I have business cards yeah. from Mister Honda. <laughs> I have letters from it's incredible, it really is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You should almost do a little museum there in PA headquarters or I something, know. you know? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, just crazy. So that that was obviously such a smart guy, such a such a brilliant in- engineer type of deal. No, no real schooling, like no no engineering schooling. Just tink- well, a little bit. Okay, a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. A lot of it was I. Th- for sure, a lot of it was self-taught, but mm-hmm. in, in the Philadelphia area, there's a pretty well-known engineering uh, university, Drexel, mm-hmm. and he did spend some time there. He didn't he didn't graduate with any degrees, but yep. um, I think probably like eh, like a lot of guys of his maybe. Yeah, a lot of the stories you hear, you know, the typical college dropout. He just couldn't yep. wait to start get life going right right right, right. um oh wow that's so that's awesome so those patents are over now from what i gather that they lasted 20 years or whatever it is right something like yeah that? i yeah. think your, your your typical utility patent is yeah. about a 17 year yeah 
span and then over time you can sometimes extend them uh-huh. like if you come out with maybe some variations or modifications to change mm-hmm. and they will allow you to extend them for additional years after that yeah. and, but but yeah mo- pretty much all of them right. are are um over i think except the uh the water pump impeller there's oh, okay. a patent on the impeller design oh, that okay. is that is still in play and yeah. of course people will know that smith had a patent on the roll-offs forever and then once that came out you know everyone That's started true. putting roll-offs on but remember yeah, smith course. roll-offs were it absolutely was on every kind of brand of goggle right that's what you had to do yeah. um well so what kind of dad was he was he so he's the, you know he's a tinkerer he's uh very analytical he's uh you know a foreigner as well what yep. i could see now correct me if i'm wrong but these type of people could be like frustrated that you're that you don't get his brain that you don't keep up with how <laughs> do you know what i mean like cause I I've do. been, I've been I around do. a guy like that a couple people like that and they think differently. They're almost a different using a different part of brain than I would or whatever. And they, they don't, they're like, why don't you understand this? Sure. <laughs> was that what he was like? Actually, quite the opposite. Okay. Very, very personable. Very, you know, easygoing. Um, not, not, not the intense. I mean, oh, sure. Okay. He, yeah. he, he loved, when he came to the, when he came to the office, um, he typically would dedicate him dedicate his day to you know maybe working with the employees and helping them with some of their needs and it was after after the shop closed is when he generally put in his hours oh okay yeah when he was working on his own projects or Mm -hmm. you know very intense very focused you know without the distractions of the day-to-day type of thing oh interesting so um for your racing career now we'll get into that a little bit so for people who know you were national number 24 one year uh, I think, right? 24? Yep. Uh, That's yep. the jersey that I have here. My buddy Gump gave it to me. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, look, you were a very good rider. So growing up, at some, is he teaching you how to ride? Are you learning it on your own? Are you just, are you getting so good because you had so, you know, you had access to, you know, all the tracks and the bikes and everything. Like, how did you get to be so good? Was his, was his it, forte also, dirt, you know? That's, that's uh, a, a little bit yes and no. I mean, I honestly, I think. It was a long, slow crawl for me. Okay. You know, I, I put the time in. You know, I definitely was on a bike very young. And being in Pennsylvania, you know, we didn't have the season that you might have or that you have in Southern California or Florida or what have you. Mm-hmm. So very seasonal. Um, so I didn't get to maybe, you know, riding then is clearly not what it's like today. Yeah. But, um did a lot of district racing. Um, had a lot of fun with that. Some some great, you know, great great memories. Made tremendous friends over the years racing in our little our little area here, District Six. Um, and just worked hard. I mean, that was something that you know certainly my my parents you know taught all the all us kids. You know, hard work will pay off. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that dad was maybe the you know the the technician in sense of of riding talent but you know he i guess i was fortunate enough through you know through his means to be able to have a lot of opportunity yeah so financially hey dog go to florida go you know go pretty rock, much right? you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah yeah um um on top of that i also had 
some I had opportunities to work with. I mean, gosh, I, I you know, from at the, I would have been. I mean, from Tony to Stefano to the Baileys, Gary yep. and David to Gary Semex. So you took um, all those schools, growing pretty up. much. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, right. I, when I was. Oh, it was the year now? One nineteen ninety three, I think it was. My mm-hmm. wife and I moved. We rented David Bailey's house in Axton, Virginia. Oh, on the track, right there. Yes, yeah, so yeah. We lived down there for a year. I think at the time that was he. He still owned the place, and he was he had done that. I think for a few different people. Okay. Um, he probably at that point was was looking to sell it as well, but. Um, so we rented it for a year. I got to work with Gary, um, quite a bit. I helped mm-hmm. him with some of his schools and, yeah, yeah. and rode the supercross track and rode the outdoor track and trained and, and did all that. And I, I mean, I remember at one point Gary was, he kind of just, you know, I'd, I, I'd come back from a race weekend mm-hmm. and, you know, I had you do, I'm like, well, you know, I did all right. I got a, you know, I got a 12th, yeah. you know, which, you know, maybe was decent. But I got lapped by Stan or something. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Right? right. Which, you know, at that point for me, I was, you know, very bummed. Like, you know, I like, how do I do, how do I do, how do I get better? <laughs> you know, Gary's honest. He was very, he's, I don't know how well you know him. You know, he's very matter of fact, very yep. to the point. You know, he's just like, he's like, listen, buddy. He's like, I really don't think I can teach anything that you already know. Like, you just got to go. You just got to twist it harder. <laughs> you're you know. like, you're like, thanks. Thanks, professor. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got so many top 10 national. Look, looking at your, your results over the years, motocross came easier to you than supercross for sure. But you, you made yep. plenty of main events. What I'm most confused about, dog, in the, in the Racer X vault, and sometimes we make mistakes on these, so you correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Okay. Uh, in 1985, you raced Broom. You got 20th, and your next entry is 1988. Mm-hmm. So you just didn't... okay, yeah, okay. So you... all right, now if okay, if you go back to 1985, yep, I I, I don't remember all the years. If it was 84, 83, 84, 85, maybe there was a window there when they ran all three classes. Yep, for uh, the outdoor. 85 nations. is yeah, they ran all three in 85. Okay, so that that was that the last year, year. That was the last year, right? And that, so that year, and they also had, I just remember some some fun, kind of weird pro am deal. Okay, where I had to race on it was either Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. in like a qualifying kind of like uh, amateur race. Okay, just to get in to have the opportunity to, to qualify, to qualify for the moto. Yeah, 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 and so. We did that. That I I don't. Hmm. It's just randomly weird where you raced yeah. Roman eighty five and then you didn't race again a pro national till eighty eight. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I I just I remember it was okay. I was sixteen years old in nineteen eighty five in the five hundred class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. Here you go. A different time. Uh, well, your dad was probably like telling you. Your dad's probably still believed that five hundreds were the the, the most oh, popular yeah. class, right? Uh, I totally. <laughs> I, I grew up with you know my right. d- dreams were were you know Grand Prix. Right, right. My hero was Brad Lackey, and you know yeah. all the Europeans. Just that was oh, that right. was that was it. GP racing five hundred class. Yeah, nobody rides two fifties. They're pussy bikes. Right. <laughs> right, right. There you go. Right. <laughs> so Ivan's like, yeah, here you go, kid. Um, <laughs> that's funny. 
Uh, so okay, so at this point, are you working? Um, are you? You're a kid at the, at, in, in the late uh, '80s, early '90s. But are you working at Boys in a little bit, or is this a full time pro motocross career going after it? No, I, I I had to finish school. That was a must. Yep. Um, but I was pretty fortunate. My my, I don't know if if it was the principal or I, we were able to work out a deal with the school where I could kind of have like a work release thing mm-hmm. where I'd go, you know, this was like junior, senior in high school. And I would like take all the major courses, all the requirements first thing in the morning. And then after lunch, I could leave. And, okay. you know, the, the story, the story was I was going to work, mm-hmm. you know, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that meant, that meant riding. Right. Uh, Dude, you got a seventh at Steel City, ninth at Buds, seventh yeah. at Millville. Like these are awesome results. Like you'll be stoked. Just Supercross yeah, was, was tougher, huh? Yeah, I, I just didn't have a lot of opportunity to to practice on like the uh, real tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tough. I mean, I, I at the time I remember you know, it was the, the the tracks weren't not that they were hard. I mean, you know jumping triples and all that stuff as much as we make of it honestly it back then it wasn't really a big deal mm-hmm. it was but it was kind of trying to put the whole track together and go fast everywhere mm-hmm. not only for one lap but for you know yeah a qualifier or or a main event and that was that was challenging did you get some help from Cowie in those early years did you get bikes and parts and stuff no 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 nope. we got <laughs> i think i got some Oh, you got reads for free. You definitely got reads I did. for free. Yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't you have like, uh, uh, didn't you, in those early years, uh, you were never on like Rad and Bad or anything like that? <laughs> no. I mean, no, okay. I thought you were on some sort of like team, like maybe tough. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting no. it wrong. Okay. You never no. never got picked up like that for like the, nope. the 500 Nationals or anything. Um, we did. No, we, we had our... You know, a pretend. I'll, I mean, it shouldn't be so hard on it. We we had our own team boys, and yeah, this is before this is before the full on Yamaha effort. This was oh, okay, and this and this is where Timmy Timmy Ferry got sort of a little bit of an opportunity. Oh, we so helped now, him I'm, out. now I'm interested in this podcast. Okay, no. <laughs> right. right. So Tim goes way back with us. Yeah, um, there was a guy out of Florida that I. Uh, Maybe you've you've met Fred or know Fred or have heard of him. He was a guy that knew the family well. Okay. He lived in, he'd lived in Florida for years, and we my father hired him as a technician, product development guy. Okay. So he came to work here and was very instrumental in a lot of the racing activities. He helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that he did was was really you know, f- try to find, you know, got quality guys mm-hmm. that were looking for help. And we, you know, we try to sponsor him. And that was bringing Timmy into the fold at that point. He was, you know, just super fast and just, you know, was just wearing bikes out left yeah, yeah. and right. And, you know, he just was looking, you know, big Tim was just looking for any help he could find. Yeah, sure. Sure. And then that after kind of after our working with him, that led to his RRP Oh, years okay. so, when he worked with Mike Rossini, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, that he, would have been probably ninety-two, early nineties, yeah, ninety-two, yeah, right. ninety-three. Yep. I think he wrote Yamaha yep. and Honda, but different bikes, but yep. but both for RRP, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
So at this point, you're, you know, your top tending races, uh, you're making main events and super costs. Uh, are you, who you, who are you hanging out with? Like, are you becoming, are you sort of like, are you a Jeff Hicks to somebody's Bob Hanna or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, are you, are you latching onto a guy? Uh, you know, that, that that's a, uh, incredibly astute, but unfortunately, no. <laughs> and I, I no. would kick myself, kick myself now. And I, anybody, any young kid who would ever looking for some advice, that's great advice. Right. Is to try to find try to find somebody you know, heads and shoulders better than you are, and just model them. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Right. And then, but no, I did. Yeah. I didn't. I I definitely tried. You know, I maybe had a bit of the rockhead mentality, uh-huh. where I just wanted to do it all myself, and you know, just right. You and your mechanic, you traveled together, and you you know, you did everything together, and yeah, you rode by yourself, and. <laughs> I mean, of course, I had my friends, but yeah, but they were, you know, they were not. You know, I wasn't hanging out with Jeff Stanton and yeah, yeah, and Bradshaw, but right, I should have. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Like, especially. So, at what point does your dad come to you and say, "Hey, we're starting a team"? I think it was Sheik and Dowd. Sure. Was yeah, that, that that first year? That was the first. Kenny Kenny G. Brian Barry. Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. As I remember it, we the the company was supporting factory Yamaha back then. Mm-hmm. We were supplying intake stuff and ignition covers. Okay, so that would have been that would have been Bradshaw. I think ninety two or ninety one or ninety two was the first year. So it would have been Bradshaw, Emig, Dubach yep. time frame. Yep, and <clears throat> then Yamaha. I guess I pretty. Pretty sure Keith McCarty called here and was, you know, they were looking to do satellite 125 programs. Mm-hmm. They were essentially looking to follow yeah. what Mitch had done sure, and uh, wanted an east and a west. And they were pretty much looking, throwing suggestions out there, looking for anybody that might be interested. And so we, we were... On the list, on the short list, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And uh, lots of discussions happened. This was, I'm going, I mean, I, I was not involved in any of this. This, yeah. was, this would have been my father and, and, you know, his general manager at the time. And it's like, hey, they uh, around. You, want to lose, you want to lose a bunch of money, Ivan. Right. There you go. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> so they, you know, lots of discussions, you know, who, who might it be? Yeah. I, I th- I don't remember if Yamaha was was part of the decision making on who the riders might be. Yeah. Um. But you know they they were they ultimately they were really after the 125 stuff. So they had. So it ended up being is that we were the East Coast program. So Scott and John yep. were the 125 riders in Supercross. And then I. You know, I hate to say it, I kind of was the tag along. Yeah, well, hey, if I if I'm paying but, for it, if I'm Ivan and I'm paying for it, my kid who's who's a good right. rider is on the team. Yep, yeah, yeah. It's not like so you weren't. You know, it's not like you weren't a good rider, right? No, true, true. Yeah, but I do remember. I think the the very first, maybe it wasn't the first. I just one of the one of the first Supercrosses of the season. John and Scott, neither of them qualified. Oh, really? Twenty five class, <laughs> but I did. Oh I no made way! It nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's like I think it was Houston or something. One right. Of those places. Ah, and Dowd's thirty at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, the, I think what people really remember about it is, is of course, uh, Dowd wrote 250 Nationals and started just, you know, killing it and getting more and more bikes. And at some point, a fact, I think he was, was he on a factory bike under the boys' intent or was it, did he just get the factory bike at the, on the team? I don't remember exactly, but like, right, he, he well, was crushing it. Right. Let's see. Absolutely. You know, he, he had, what a year that, I mean, that is just a right? it's awesome. storybook, storybook there. I mean, you could, incredible story, but so I, I'm sure you may have heard, I don't know if you know the, the Mike Craig debacle. Yep. But, yep. So I, we don't need to go into that, but right. Right. Yamaha, Bradshaw retires, Yamaha is Mike Craig. He yep. definitely sucks uh, for the team. And then uh, he gets injured and right. basically fired. <laughs> basically fired right. they were looking for somebody to to, to be the fill-in at, at that point john was riding you know he was riding our bike mm -hmm. i think the i think he had definitely had done gainesville i don't know if he'd gotten to the second round yet or okay. not but gainesville for sure he rode on you know the yep. modified production bike and i think he got he was a podium. I don't remember yeah. if he was second or third. I mean, he didn't win, but right. he was he was up there on a, on, which was a shocker. I mean, yeah. we at that point we were all living in Florida, training down there, rode some of the Winter Am stuff, uh -huh. and of course Supercross mixed in. You yep. know, and he was, you know, he was killing it locally down there. But it was, it was it was fun to see. Yeah, and great, and, and great, great guy, guy, of course. Dowdy's awesome oh, guy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I love uh, whenever I talk to John. I've done one of these with him and. I know him well over the years, and yep. like he's not an analytical guy. He doesn't. I don't think he could really explain how he was so fast on a dirt bike. I don't think he ever really like could ever tell somebody. He's just like I don't know. I just kind of rode the bike, and yeah, you know, like he just his, his, he uh, he was a, he is an animal. I mean, the yeah. guy just put in the time. He yeah, worked, yeah, was not afraid to work. I mean, I'm I'm sure you, you know you hear that all the time. Yeah, he was he was a workhorse. Right. I mean, just. Riding, riding, riding. I, I remember he told yeah. me he didn't really know how to train, but he saw Bradshaw train this way, or he saw somebody, some big name. He was like, yeah. "Oh, okay, I guess I'll do that." Like he didn't, <laughs> you know, like he didn't. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so this was awesome for your guy. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I mean, your dad spent a lot of money. I guess did 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 it come back? And yeah. did, did sales increase? Did this help the brand? I mean, did this do anything for Boys in itself as a company, or was this? You know, so that right. So this is 1994. Yeah, you know your analytics and the ability to measure anything. <laughs> right. is, you know, <laughs> not very just good. right. Lick your finger and and well, is it mm -hmm. is the wind blowing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so that that question was asked repeatedly, and honestly, it's you can almost ask it still today. Oh, yeah, hundred you know, percent. Yeah. You know, what was their value in doing that? I mean, the team struggled. We had struggles. You know, there was you know, issues along the way. I mean, yeah. I know things, Scott probably maybe regrets the year he spent with us, but you know, he's yeah. a good kid. I, you know, I, I can't, can't say anything bad about right. any of the people that were part of that, that team. Kenny G went um, on a factory Honda. He was a mechanic there. Kenny Brian G, Buff, Kenny Brian, with, Brian Berry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kenny worked with me. Um, and yeah, there was, yeah. and I think my father, you know, there, there might've been an opportunity that he would have maybe wanted to fold it. Okay. But he, you know, I think out of pride and out of, you know, his word to the, to the guys, mm -hmm. you know, he stuck it out. Right. 
you know, committed to spend, you know, because there was, you know, I think they were, there was maybe a little, maybe a little bit of surprise that John did so well. And yeah, yeah, we have to pay him now (laughs) because there was some contractual stuff there where, you know, you know, bonus monies had to be paid. So it was, it was a little, whoa. Uh, It was a strong, it was a strong look though. Yellow and axle gear, yellow bikes, yellow, purple bikes, uh, you know, it was for for the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Jim Hale, um, at AXO, him and his team, you know, yeah. they were always, they were killing it. Uh, and that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. So did we figure out that the Dowdy ride a factory bike with boys and girls? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was, what, what, yeah. that's what happened, right? Yep. Yeah. That's what happened. So basically we just put, he, he rode the, the works bike. It got, you know, I think Brian Lunas would, would roll it over under our tent Put it on the stand. Super and, grouchy uh, about it the whole time, yeah. probably. Yes, as well. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't think, if I, honestly, I don't even think Brian, Brian Barry, uh, John's mechanic, yeah. was was allowed to really even do much to the bike. <laughs> right. Just wash it and prep it. Yeah, prep it, right. I think so. Check tire pressure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. Right. So it was a full-on, you know, full-on factory effort there. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously John rewarded them with a couple wins and, yeah. I think a second for the in the points at the end. Did you guys have a like a truck and trailer, or was it all box fans? It was box fans. Oh yeah, so you all had box fans because yeah. this is kind of the era when fans. truck and trailers were kind of coming in. Like, I don't mean semis. I mean like yeah, like a dually with you know whatever, right. whatever Mitch yeah. had or whatever back then. Yeah. Um, looking back on your career, obviously you're mm-hmm. running boys and everything else. Um, probably you had some fun times, huh? If probably looking back on it, you're like, ah, it was fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was. It was. It was great. Great memories. I mean, I, I can attest to you know having having grown up in the industry in the mm-hmm. sport. Um, you know, I met my wife through racing. Um, consequently, my kids. Have, yeah. You know, th- th- I don't have any racers myself here, uh-huh. but you know, <laughs> my daughters. You know, spent time going to races and and. You know, it's been something that's you know clearly been a yeah been a big big part of our life. Uh, so it's been truly rewarding. Well, and then your results. I mean, you're being a little humble about your results, but I mean, they're always around the they're <laughs> mostly around the top ten and inside the top ten a lot. And main event and supercrosses. I mean, man, dog, you were a good rider, like great rider. So that's, that's yeah, I, you I, know, that's awesome. I like the big bike. I mean, I had a lot of fun on the five hundred. Yeah. Um, actually, where I where, where I saw Chris Kiefer at the little industry deal. Mm-hmm. I, Rich Taylor was there with, oh, his, yeah. with his goggle, his goggle stuff. And I was, I hadn't seen Rich in a while. I think I ran, I ran into him at Loretta Lynn's. His one, his boy was there one year, but yep. anyways, caught up with Rich a little bit. Cause that, that last year in 93, it was, it was himself. It was me, Rich, Mike Healy. Yeah. And there was maybe somebody else in the mix. Somo, like, Somo was always good. He might have been in there. Somo was he was always there. Yeah, I think that year he was a little off. Okay, but uh, there might have been somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Cliff Palmer or, or I can't remember. Yep. We're all vying for like top privateer. Yeah, because you had you had all the works. You know, two Cali guys and the, the two Honda yeah. guys. And so it was. That was a lot of fun. I think Healy got it in the end. But, Damn it! <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. RT was a RT was a solid five hundred guy too. Like, yep. And then those are the bikes people who don't. You, know, you just come into the corner. You go. You shift up. <laughs> like, for sure. like you come in and you can grab third to go around the outside of the corner, right? So oh yeah. They were uh, they were a handful. So, um, uh, wow, really, yeah, really 
good results, man, for sure. When 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 you take a look at it, better than I remember, to be honest. I mean, obviously, I knew you were a great rider, but when I looked at the vault and wrote down some questions, I'm like, holy shit! Wow, look at these results. Um, well, thanks. <laughs> what was your What was your best race? Do you remember one that stands out? I mean, you got some sevens and stuff, but like, was there yeah any race that stood out where you ran you know up front? Well, you know, yeah, actually, actually, there was one one day, and it's it's funny how you look back and think about those 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 rides that stand out and why was it, you know, what, yeah. what about that day or that, the, the track, the conditions, whatever. Yep. I Honestly, I, I don't know. It was probably just a zone type mm-hmm. of thing, but it was a Bud's Creek. Um, might've been, it was in the 500 class. Might've been 91 ish. Okay. Uh, 91, 92. I, I'm not a hundred percent, but I got a great start and was running the top five, you know, right up, Right up there with the pack, you know, yep. Wardy and let's see, Wardy Stanton, Bale. Right. Yep. yep. So yeah, it was running fifth, and you know, it's you know, you can't always say, well, I would have, but you know, maybe, maybe I would have finished fifth, but mm-hmm. I had a trick titanium shock bolt break. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. 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 So that I think was like a couple laps from the end. Mm-hmm. Shot the yeah, the bolt broke. The bike it, I finished, but just kind of you know right. around, L- limped around. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, well. it's pretty. That, cool. that was a great day. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Dog Boysen, uh, presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis. Check out flyracing.com for uh, all you need, head to toe. Uh, also, Alpine Stars and Maxis, of course. Maxis supporting Alex Ray, AJ Cantanzaro this year in Supercross and Alpine Stars. You probably wore Alpine Stars, Dog, back in the day at some point. Everyone did. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Alpine Stars as well. Uh, I want to thank uh, Racetech as well for coming on board. Uh, Racetech.com. Uh, Pulp19 is a code to save with Racetech. Uh, Chris Blose. And uh, Jerry Robin and Justin Starling all using Race Tech. Race Tech, another Paul Feet, another guy like Ivan Boysen. Really, like, you know, Paul, Paul Feet, right? Super like, guy. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, racetech.com, please check them out. And uh, we thank those guys as well. So, uh, all right, dog. Um, you still ride? You still you still ride a little bit? I, I do a little bit. Yep. A little bit. Not not as much. I mean, after, after getting out of it and, you know, grow, letting the kids grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I was doing some vet stuff, going to Loretta's every once oh, in a while. Oh, you were? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had some fun with that. Got a, you know, a few podiums here and there. And, um, oh, dude, get a 500. funny, get, I can Get a 500. Tell you. Get a 500, get a 500 <laughs> man. I bet I you can still yeah. ride one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I run into, you know, I, I grew up racing with Barry Karsten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I remember we we were at the first Loretta Lens in '82 on 100s. Oh jeez! You know, yeah. lining up with Barry, you know, and then I go down, you know, 30 <laughs> years later, you know, I'm still lining up with Barry. And there's Barry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, in the 40 class, it's like, oh right. come on. We were talking in one of my shows. How much money has Barry won from Suzuki in continuously? I mean, uh, it, good God! That's a great, great question. Right? I want to know how many. I want. I want to know how many gate drops that guy's taken. I don't know. Barry's a legend, though, for sure. Serious, really. Um, yeah. Hey, so one of the things I want to talk to you about was um, the Boys in Link. Uh, it was yeah. something that uh, your dad developed, and uh, it really it was a it was a chain torque device, really, right? It was a pivot chain torque thing. Like that's what it yeah, did. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a, a very unique linkage configuration mm-hmm. that that the principle behind it was it eliminated the chain torque. Yeah. So as the you know, as you would twist the throttle, the the inertia or the the the, 
force of the chain pulling on the rear wheel would would squat mm-hmm. the, the rear end. So yeah. then consequently you'd have to you'd have to valve for that. So you may yeah, you may have an overly harsh condition in an area where you know, simply because of the squatting nature and, and in, in a bigger bike of 500, for example, mm-hmm. that was even more yeah. you know, amplified because of the power. Um, so the linkage configuration eliminated the, the squat characteristic and you, you could then change valving dramatically to, you know, to, to just to mm-hmm. make it work incredible. Yeah. And, it, and that it did. And it, so, so it worked right. But yeah, in, in, it was amazing. In, in, I, I know that, I mean, perhaps, you know, there is there is a a situation where maybe some of that squat would be you anticipate useful. it. Yeah, you you, yeah. you ride with it, right? Use yeah. it to an advantage. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether you're you know whether it's the old you know the pre jump or the mm-hmm. type of thing. You know, the, but in an outdoor you know outdoor motocross, for example, where we initially envisioned it, mm-hmm. you know, advantages going it it did work really well i had uh i had an amp uh link on my honda 500 okay back in the day go. so which was that was a simpler was design a right very yep a st- different different conceived idea but mm-hmm. f- for the same thing right and it did work i'll tell you what it sure. really it really it, sure. but but it yeah. but it, it worked so well dog it threw me off with the other bikes if I oh, yeah. so I practiced on the 500 a lot because i didn't want to wear out 125 or 250 right and uh sure. so, I, so i practiced on the 500 a lot but it got it was so good. It was so different that when I got on a 250, I was like, okay. wait, like it kind of jacked me up a little bit when you rode with it too much. So Hannah takes this thing and, and, and it's on, he wrote, um, it wasn't obviously legal for production, right? Production, bike, Correct. but, but he yep. rode USGP with it. Um, yep. somehow your dad and, and, and hurricane struck up a friendship, huh? Some, somewhere yes. on the line. Like, yep. Yep. Um, they, uh, they, they were good, good friends. Um, Bob, I, th- I think Bob, when he is, at least this, these stories that I've heard, I, I, you know, I don't personally don't know him yeah. too well, but I, you know, when, when he, when, when, if he likes you, yeah, you're in, you know, you're in, right. You know, his loyalties are, are very, very strong. And he did a lot for us over the years from, you know, ads to, I think we even shot up, a, uh, a TV commercial at Unadilla. Oh, really? Um, yep, yep, he was in that. Um, you know, some endorsement stuff, and I mean, lots of yeah. things over the years. Yeah, so, no, know, he's, he's been a great, a great guy to to the company, and you know. Um, so I'm guessing your dad. Stuff. I'm guessing your dad at some point thought that he could do the same thing, patent this this boys in link, and sell it to the OEMs and, and make a little bit of yeah, money that way. Absolutely, um, he 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 patented it. Yeah. Um, he essentially started building them, building oh, he one-offs. Did. Oh, okay. Building I... one-offs for all the brands. Got in touch with the the VIPs or yep. the whomever. Yep. Mr. Honda's business card. He whipped up Mr. Pretty Honda. much. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And I can remember the test sessions. He would, you know, either they came here or he went somewhere else. Um, oh, so we got pretty far down the road. Very much so. Oh, and I did not I, know this. I remember, okay. you know, Honda Japan came here. Uh, tested at one of our, you know, little practice tracks, yeah. and do you remember you know, who, who they bring for a rider? Like, was it? A, no, I don't remember. Just a, yeah, I, just a test. Probably rider. a photo. Yeah, yeah, a Japanese test rider. Right. Um, I remember Kawasaki came. 
they he 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 did something with Yamaha in mm-hmm. California, where I think Glover and Keith Bowen rode the bike. Oh yeah. Um, and in the end, I mean, with all the work that was done and all the testing, I mean, it was pretty much the same story every time. <laughs> they would say, "Oh, the thing works great. Yeah, it's incredible, and we're really happy." You know. Uh-huh lap times don't lie type of deal yep it's obviously better uh too complicated too much change that's, for production for us that we probably wouldn't be interested in doing it that's what i heard right it was too intricate yeah. it was too yeah and, and honestly could, the first time i saw it so prim ha, prim has one of hannah prim had great Prim out here had one yep. of hannah's uh usgp bikes uh okay. number seven so an 86 uh yeah. first thing i did was walk over and look underneath it like, i'm like oh this right. is the boys and link bike like i, I don't Hannah won. I don't remember if he won on it. He ran out of gas one year when he should have won, but or maybe the next yeah, year he, he did win. I don't remember. But the yeah. year, the year he rode that bike, uh, at, well, the, the story. Let's step back one okay. year. Yeah. Okay. Before he won, he wins there. Um, my dad and the group got a a loose deal with JoJo Keller. Okay. Okay. To, to ride. Yep. To ride right. the open the open class nat five hundred nationals. Uh huh. So this would have been '85 yeah. on a bike. Because at that point, there was still, you know, there was no production rule in yeah. place. You had the, you had those Super Trick works Hondas. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, Bailey was riding, and Glover was on that poor stock. <laughs> somehow, Glover somehow beats Bailey, which is still amazing. I know, right? Still amazing, right? right. Um, so they build, we build two two Hondas for JoJo to ride the series on, uh-huh. and. Uh, it doesn't go real well. I mean, he has a couple decent results here and there, but overall, a lot of a lot of DNFs, a lot you know, problems. Yep. Just <clears throat> the challenges of of you know working through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that actually kind of stuff. that that funny that you say that that year. So I still talk to JoJo. He texts me every now and then. He's a okay. big, big listener and uh, good yep. guy. Um, oh yeah. So I have a Gary Bailey VHS tape, and I haven't watched it forever. Millville '85. Okay. And, dude, JoJo is gone. Bailey's not yeah. there because Bailey hurt his wrist late in the right. series, and so he's gone. Right. But JoJo is gone in the first moto, like checked yeah. out. I, I I guess it would be on one of your bikes. Uh, Could be. Gets a flat front tire. Oh and wow! I, I'm just like <laughs> I, I never look. I know JoJo. I know the stories, and I know JoJo was yep. great. But I was yep. like, holy shit! Like, he, dude. Yeah. See you later. JoJo was gone. So, anyways, cool. um, so okay. So step back. So that yep. a lot of problems. Yep. Yeah. So that that was the that was nineteen eighty five experiment. Yep. And they, they even did an experiment in Europe. Okay. Where Kawasaki's were built and sent over to Europe and and you know, the and funny they I think it was the the relationship started through the, the I guess the importer that we had in the UK at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were put in contact with Mervin Anstey. Oh yeah, Swerve and Merv. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and he was the guy. He rode. I again, similar type of deal. He he did a couple GPs. I don't know if he had a problem. I'm sure he had a few problems, and you know, struggled with results. And it was you know a challenging, a challenging deal <clears throat> to put together. But then, after all that, it leads up to. To the USGP, Bob. Uh, we had built the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that I remember 
I remember being at the track. There was a little track down the road from Dilla. Okay. Um, that they were testing at at the time. Suzuki was, and the Kehoe was riding for him. He was there. Maybe yep. was just yeah. no. What about Ho- Holland was around too? But I don't know if that yeah. was. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so they yeah. were there testing. So we arrive. We bring the bike. Bob goes out. Uh, I think I think Kehoe had the lap time on on the day so far. Mm-hmm. Bob hops on the bike. Now we're talking. It's you know stock, pretty much motor. You know production forks. Yeah, it's just our rear suspension. And he goes out and and gets the time. You know, right. beats Eric by a couple of seconds or something. You know, everybody's surprised. So it, it's this big debate whether. Suzuki will even allow it. Right. Got to, you you know, got to remember the, the, think, the hoops to jump through for yes, something like that, for right? Sure, yeah, for sure. And I think Bob, he must have had, he must have had some big pull yeah. because, yeah. because he, he said, yeah, I want to ride it. And uh, they, they, his mechanic at the time. Um, what have been Jeff Clark you know, back did, then? I don't know. Nah, it nope. was Randy. Uh, oh, Berdinga? Yeah. Yep. He pulled the all-nighter and, you know, did the motor swap and, you know, put all the factory parts on that mm-hmm. Bob wanted and, and got the thing set up. And, and in the end, it was, it was a, you know, pretty much a, a, a fight between him and Johnny O. Yeah. And it would have been Johnny running out of gas. Bob winning. On the last lap and losing. So he would have won if he didn't run out of gas. Yeah, yeah. And he gives Bob the tank, the gas, the, tank. Uh, yeah, the gas tank on the podium. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. Uh, it had to be welded on, right? The, the, that stuff. Yeah, there was right. frame. Yeah, yep. frame modifications, right. mo- mods to the engine cases. So yes, yeah. it was a tr- an extensive mod um, for sure. Imagine how much money your dad sunk into all that. Oh know, whenever, yeah, and then never. I mean, totally. It totally. worked. It worked, but yep. just couldn't. Yeah, couldn't get everybody on board, which is crazy. But yeah, yeah. Um, you it's, still you still have some of it somewhere? Oh, I you sure do. Do you really? Got a bunch of them. Oh, text me a, text me a photo. I want to see this. Sure, I want to see it up close. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, that'd be awesome to just have that, right? You're just like this thing. This is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I talked to John R about it one time or something. Uh, I don't okay. remember who it was. I don't know if it was John R, or Ross, Maeda, somebody, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, it definitely worked. It was just way too intricate to to put yeah. on a production bike for people. Yeah. That was what I'd heard, you know. That for sure. Yeah. I, I, even there was even another. I, I'm sorry. There was a second attempt. At oh, okay. Europe. Yep. And this was when Billy Lyles and oh, yeah. Tramp and Trampus were over there, yeah. Parker. And Billy was going to ride it, and I think they ended up there was some problems with like either who was his sponsor at the time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't too hot on the idea, and yeah. so it kind of fell apart. Well, it, it did fall apart. And then, for some reason, I I don't remember the the relationship or how how Trampus if he went with Billy as a friend or how they how that whole thing worked out. But mm-hmm. this is before he had any ride or he was really even. I think no no one really knew who he was. Okay. Trampus Parker, he was just over in, in Europe, and then all of a sudden, you know, people yeah. start hearing his name in the yeah. world championship results. But he he rode the bike a bit, and he really liked it, and he wanted to race it bad. But again, yeah. it's just, that didn't materialize. And crazy, uh, crazy yeah. story. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, yeah, it's really part of moto moto history when you think about it. Um, yeah. So boysand.com, people can go there and check it out. What 
obviously I'm into motocross and that's that's what I know boys and for. But what else does well for you guys? Like what are, what are the snow stuff or, or what else? Yeah, kills it? yeah. Well, I mean, you know, of course, if you're if you know anything that has a two stroke engine and has a reed valve, mm-hmm. we we probably make some some form of replacement performance uh, the reed yeah. in some capacity. You know, yeah. anything from like you said, snowmobile is a big segment for us because all of the all, all the premier horsepower machines there are still two stroke. Yep. Um, so we do well there. Um, let me think. Here mm-hmm. we got we have inroads into RC. So like RC, you know, large scale RC cars, oh, really? RC air, airplanes. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah, we sell some OEM stuff to this outfit in Germany that builds, you know, these gigantic remote control airplanes. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah. wild, wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Reads there. Um, there's even some UAV stuff. We've mm-hmm. worked with a, a number of companies that build, um, you know, drones for sur- not 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 military stuff, but more surveillance. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, different wow. things yeah. similar deal two-stroke engines little reed valves there and huh yeah, yeah. Well, not, yeah that's something i would not boats, never thought I mean, of a right? lot out yeah you know, yep. outboard boats and you know anything that's got a reed valve we probably have some sort of um replacement for it are reeds your biggest segment biggest selling segment of the water pumps oh. are or what, what what do you sell the most of yeah i still they're still i mean if you were to put it all together for sure the yeah. reeds are still a big part of it yeah um but over the years here i mean we've done We've done well with a lot of the aluminum products from engine covers mm-hmm. to water pumps and yep, uh, done, done very well. Something I wanted to ask you about, I forgot about, let's go back a little bit. The rad valve, uh, what's your mm-hmm. first memories of seeing that thing and your dad whipping this <laughs> thing out and being like, hey, dog, take some laps on this thing? Gosh, I, I, that, that thing probably was right around the time when we first got a dyno. Okay. Yeah. So they're at, that's, you know, I think I want to say that would have been like late eighties was our first entry into the Superflow world of dinos. And so that was a big deal back then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, um, my father loved the dino, lived in the dino room. (laughs) My gosh. Uh, and FMF, big Donnie had come up with something around then too, I think. Right. So you guys were kind of dueling for. For intakes, I think he had. <laughs> True. No, he had. A, yeah, yeah. What he had he, a ram valve. A ram valve. Okay, yeah. Ram, ram valve. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that thing worked pretty well too. That was a good. Sure. That was good. Yeah. Yep. Good, good. Good invention and. Uh, yep. uh Just basically lengthened it, right? I mean, that's kind of. It was tumble. Honestly, changing tumbling. Yeah. Yeah. We we were, you know, as as bikes, you know, changed over the years. Like for example, the move from from twin shock to single shock. Mm-hmm carburetor angle was you know a problem mm-hmm. you know they had to adjust move the kick the carburetor off to the side to uh, allow for the shock position and that's not ideal for for intake flow mm-hmm. and so pro- um, the production f- methods at the time uh, certainly back in the 80s 90s you know didn't allow for i'll, I'll say optimized yeah stuff you know takes yeah, mani- yeah. yeah manifolds and the cages and you know they're more focused on efficiency and manufacturing so we basically wanted to you know wanted to build formula one quality mm-hmm. 
parts that were just perfect. So that was really the 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 idea there, and yeah. and a, you know, and then with the the casting method that we use here, where you know, it allows us to allows us to make shapes that are typically not something that you know die casting or manufacturing you know major manufacturing mm -hmm. can can achieve so it allows us to do to do things that that work better right do you ever do you ever feel like even back then or now i mean look it's not going to happen you're, you're entrenched in in allentown or around there but did you ever think about moving to california did your dad ever think about it did you guys ever never came no out? no no okay no no i think i mean you know the for him, I think for him it was easy. I mean, this is this is home, family. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everything was, was. Yeah, you know, he was a, you know, a a, a man of that generation yeah. where he was, you know, very very passionate about right. his, you know, his community, his faith, his, you know, the people around here are sure. important to him. His, you know, his employees, all that kind of stuff. So, were you doing something like that? Was was not really a. Were you ever not going to run it? Did you ever think about it? Did you ever have ideas? Was it always like uh, obviously with a sudden passing? You know, well, you're putting a yeah. you're, you're putting a position. No, where, yeah. no, I don't know. I mean, we, I, I, we have a big family. There's a lot of siblings. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of interest from from all of them. Okay. Okay. Uh, for example, my older ones. I had a you know I had an older brother that did work some time in the company, and I you know, realized it wasn't for him. Yep. Uh, I did have another brother, you know, over, over the years, a lot of, a lot of the brothers and sisters have come and gone, but there was never really the interest that, you know, okay, yeah, being, you know, taking it over or doing anything like that. And, and over the years, you know, once I stepped out of racing and, you know, got into, got into the business and sort of, you know, learned, learned everything top to bottom type of deal. And then started getting into more of a managerial position, right? Um, I had been kind of running the company, you know, before he, you know, as he was sick yep. and, you know, through a couple of years there. So, yeah, you know, right. I won't say it was inevitable, but it made the most sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I had, of course, just through my years racing and, and the relationships built with yeah, yeah. industry. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, it just, right. it just, yeah, yeah. It just lended itself to. So today, it's actually ownership here is is myself, and I have a younger brother that is also involved. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so and he and he's very, very active, very into it, and you know comes has a motor motorcycling, motocross background, and he tends to he is more of the I'll say the R and D yep. development product guy, and I tend to be more of the operations and day to days. HR, HR. Yeah, fun, the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, when I worked as a mechanic at KTM with Kelly Smith, uh, we yeah. we rode four strokes uh, the East Coast four stroke nationals and all that, right. and sure. and then I went to Yamaha to work for Ferry. I would have really loved somebody, Boysen or somebody, to have invented that quick shot thing for the accelerator pump yeah. uh, sooner, because sooner. good God, dog, yeah. did we struggle yeah. with that? Uh, everyone yeah. did, you know. Um, sure. Just the, the 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 jolts and the bumps of Supercross and the and the yep. the and how much those guys ride and how hard they ride and the the fact that the the thing couldn't keep up with the fuel being pumped. Oh god, sure. dude! Yeah, <laughs> quick shot would have been really nice. So that's yeah. Um. So we talked about some of the stuff that obviously has done well <laughs> outside of the link. 
Is there been a product that your dad developed or that you guys developed that didn't work that you scratch your head over? <laughs> well, y- yes and no. I mean, yeah. you know, you can always, you know, you ask yourself what you know, what makes a successful product. Mm-hmm. You know, I I would pose that question to you know to people here often. You know, what, what is it? Is it, is yeah. it purely you know purely dollars and cents? Is it you know the the impact that it on you know, perception or you know the value in terms of you know its its cost relation to the category of, uh, that that it sits in. I mean, you know, there's all yeah, kinds yeah. of ways yeah. to look at it, right? Yeah. So you know, I uh, that that's that's a struggle. Not only you know sometimes the product doesn't sell the best, still might be a pretty cool product. Right, a hundred percent. For sure, but over the years, I mean, I think one of the one of our one of our products that's struggled. I mean, it's had some following, but but you know, it's definitely been a been a tough sell. It would have been something we call our flex grip. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, so my dad was sort of he was always, yeah, you know, just like you had pointed out, always thinking and mm-hmm. interested in new ideas, and he. From what I remember, he in talking to somebody, I think he was out at High Point at, at like the Vet Nationals okay. racing one year. This was going way back, and he ran into some guy, and they got talking, and this this guy gave him this idea, and he thought about it and thought about it, and you know, over some years of trying some you know very unusual prototypes, <laughs> which I uh, that's one of the things that I was very leery of testing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Um, <laughs> Bolted onto your bar. It's yeah, moving. It's yeah, moving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I just, you know, I don't know. Is it is it the the motocrossers, you know, typical mentality that ah, you know, that left grip that shouldn't move. Yeah. Yeah. So here here's a product that lets it move a little bit. That's just too weird. But you know, others. Maybe somebody has had a wrist injury or hand problems or something yeah. that used it. I just love it. Swear by it. Yeah, Lachine, Ronnie loves the thing. Does he really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, now he never, never when he was racing was yeah, serious, yeah. But, but now, but yeah, yeah. you know, for sure. Did you race with it? I, d- yes and no. No, your dad would have been so pissed at you. He would have been so pissed. Yeah. I was, a, I have to say I was a, a skeptic at the beginning. Um, I was. You know who loved it? Jody. Jody, you're right. Jody, Jody loved right. it. Dude, I remember the five-star reviews all the time for that yep, thing yep, in, in the magazine. Yep. It's true. Um, I'd, I'd never. But a hard it. sell. But definitely a hard sell. Not yeah. something we've we've had, you, you know, co- commercial success with at all. Still sell it? Still sell it. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I do. I never tried it. I never. I don't even know if I ever even saw one, to be honest, like locally. Like, I grew up in Canada. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, I. But I get the idea. Yeah, if you got a bad wrist, especially for sure, you know, hundred percent. Like, why? It's like a like those fast bars, right? Like, there you go. Yeah, yeah. similar idea. I've got buddies with bad wrists that swear by those fast bars, and I'm, yeah, I look at them and I'm like, they're it. heavy. They look complicated. Yeah, they, sure, sure. You know, but but some people love them. So same yeah. thing with your flex grip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that thing. Yeah, good good pull on that. I, I forgot all about that. Um, <laughs> I would have wrote that down. I would have wrote flex grip down to talk about. But yeah, I forgot. Um. Well, cool, man. Um, it's awesome. Anything else? Did I? Did we cover it all? Did we get it all? Boy, yeah, maybe. All right. um, iconic company, though. Really cool. That B, 
the red, the white, the blue, the red. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. that's awesome. That's I've, yeah. I've done these with Pete Fox and Eddie Cole and, and John Gregory sure. and you know all these sure. people. And this is and yeah. you guys are right in there with them. Yeah, I, I it's probably it's. I wish I would have been able to get a little, you know, some more history out of out of him before, you know, before he yeah he left. But my gosh, I mean, there's such, some incredible stories that he could share. I am sure. I mean, some of the the pictures that I I have. Yeah. You know, whether it's you know early years of himself racing, you know, I. I I, you know, I know he raced. Um, he raced the first, the first race at Unadilla in '69. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah wow. I have pictures of him there. Pictures of him jumping out of gravity cab. No way! Yeah. Really? I didn't think Unadilla went that far back. To be honest, I had yeah, no idea. '69. Oh wow! Yeah, like how awesome is that? Yeah. Right. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah, and, I can't believe he he left so soon too, man. Sixty-eight years old. Come on, man. Yeah. Right. I know. Jeez. I know. Uh, well, legacy lives on, and uh, for everybody who ever buys a friggin' two-stroke motorcycle bike, that's right. <laughs> the, 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 the reeds are in there. That's right. Um, awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks, dog. I really appreciate the time on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Uh, Boysen dot com. Don't forget about them, people. Um, thanks for the time. Thanks for the stories. Good luck with everything, and send me a photo of that 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 link when you can. Absolutely, we'll do. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, and, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. 
I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.